this particular podcast, I'd like to talk about the sense of self and how that's impaired by complex PTSD. One of the most difficult challenges in the recovery of complex post-traumatic stress disorder is finding therapists and individuals who really understand the link between the trauma and how that impacts on the identity and sense of self. I feel largely this is because most professionals don't really understand what is the self, how it forms and how it evolves, which I find staggering considering that they work in an industry where people's lives depend on forming a more whole and integrated sense of who they are. Fortunately, there are some terrific minds out there who are really understanding how trauma impacts on self and can really outline the steps in recovery. And one of the greatest thinkers around this, I feel at the moment, is a gentleman by the name of Makali Shitsenta Mahali. He's the author of the book Flow, which was a New York Times bestseller. And he's written another one, which I've just finished reading, which I found amazing, called The Evolving Self, A Psychology for the Third Millennium. In this particular book, he offers one of the most tremendous explanations of what the self is and tries to outline how it is constructed and how our sense of ourselves evolves over time. So you're probably wondering, what has this got to do with complex PTSD? Well, as I mentioned in the first podcast, one of the biggest impacts that complex trauma has is the impairment of self. And why this is so devastating is that every choice that we make in our lives determines our future trajectory. We can't control the outcome, obviously, of what happens to us, and everyone's well aware of that, but we can control our choices. But what happens if you can't control choice? What happens if the information that you're receiving through your senses is completely contradictory and nonsensical? What if the individual reaches a point where they can't trust their own mind to make the decisions that will keep them safe? Understandably, this would be a completely terrifying existence. We make choices for some future advantage, What if you have no predictability of outcome of any event? How would you know what choice to make that would then be advantageous to you in the future? This isn't the same thing as predicting the future, but we all need a certain level of predictability in order to function. We all take it for granted that the sun will come up tomorrow, but if we truly believe that it wasn't going to, I doubt very much what we would be doing at this point in time would be what we would do if there was no tomorrow. And this is the nature of trauma. It removes the elements of predictability and sense of control we have over our own decisions which ultimately shape our lives. So when a trauma survivor says they can't see a future, this is no exaggeration. I'm not insinuating here for any moment that we're trying to predict the future or have control over future outcomes. That is impossible. But to be connected with one's own choices and understand how those choices make sense to them and reflect their sense of self, that is a different matter altogether. In fact, it is necessary to live a full and happy life. So if the individual has lost touch with their inner workings of their intrinsic motivation, then things like purpose and meaning and a whole depth of human experience is missing. This erodes your sense of the future and you very quickly lose the idea that you will have one. This is where depression and anxiety become problematic. Your confidence gradually becomes eroded and paralysis shortly follows because you realise that your brain has got you trapped. So in essence, just treating somebody's depression and anxiety at face value is really only treating the symptoms of a much deeper issue. This can probably explain why it appears that we have a depression and anxiety pandemic. McCarley explains that in our early evolutionary history, at some point, individuals became consciously aware of what they were thinking. And this was the origins of conscious self. 
And from this point, humans could futurize and start thinking about the choices that they make today, and for the first time, we could start considering the consequences of our daily actions. In fact, this ability is probably one of the most underrated evolutionary steps that humans have made. It's the absolute basis for creativity and innovation, and that is one of the key factors in how we've been able to survive for so long as a species. And this genetic information is learned and passed down from generation to generation. Macaulay describes the sense of self as forever changing, but it's basically what we think about, what we give importance to in our lives, and where we would like to spend our psychic energy. He explains that the idea of self is nothing more than a collection and prioritization of goals. So we are what we think about and what we give importance to. So our career choices, our religious beliefs, our choices of partner, relationships are nothing more than organized information that makes some sort of sense to us. Developmental trauma or complex PTSD could be thought of as interruptions to the mind trying to organize itself. And these interruptions are in the form of trauma or abuse. So the energy that's supposed to be going into identifying desire, goals, beliefs for oneself is interrupted. And this constant interruption via threats leads to hypervigilance, which is another key symptom of complex PTSD. Darwin, in his study of animals, realised that if a species of animal was unable to take time out and reset and was under constant threat, it was left with very little energy to do the other necessities of life, such as bonding, mating, and hunting. So now the biological adaptations that the animal innately has within itself to, to survive and keep safe is actually hindering its process in order to do the other necessary things it needs to, to survive. Similarly, in traumatized individuals, what happens is so much energy goes into surviving the immediate crisis that this whole area of human development is unexplored. They're held captive by a state of being which is biologically driven. In a sense, they're only ever forced to consider the extrinsic motivations. So what the end result is, is an adult who has very little understanding of why it is they're doing what they're doing. They've been so used to running on autopilot, if you like, in order to survive and on adrenaline, that when they stop to ask themselves, well, who am I and what do I stand for and what do I believe in? All of this is an enigma. Their mode of operation has just been to survive. But when it comes to creating a future and, and putting things on the canvas, this is something that they haven't had any practice at because they haven't had the luxury to be able to be in a situation where they can think in that manner. So even though the crisis is averted, they haven't developed the brain functionality to be able to put things into perspective, to put goals in place, because their brain has not adapted in that way. It's been working in a deficit situation. So we can think of the self as being made up of genetic information, our temperament, our biology, our physiology, and then how that interplays with our environment, our family, our schools, our social communities, What's becoming increasingly fascinating is that DNA can actually be altered from the environment and our experiences can actually change our physical DNA. So the idea of nurturing and our nature being mutually exclusive seems to be becoming less and less likely. 